do we have to talk about today? There's a lot that's gone on since the last time we sat down in front of a camera. I don't know where we go with it, but there's a lot to cover. Yeah, I don't really know if we've posted a conversation since we had the two most epic conversations ever and had no audio, so... It's probably been quite a while. Nobody is going to get to hear about them. Sorry, they were pretty awesome. And then we recorded another one. We didn't talk about anything pool related. It was all political. That's why I've not yet not posted that, that one either. Yeah. So, let's see. If there's any pool stuff to talk about. <laughs> we get somewhere today. I've had a really interesting experience over the last few weeks on pool appointments. And you know that we work very diligently to understand who our real customer is, which there's a lot of stories around customers that we could talk about. And I think maybe that's what we focus on is customers. But it's been really interesting post the grad party we went to and then the other pool customer that we took care of that we've had for a long time. Now going on these new appointments. It's given me a whole new clarity as to who I really want to serve, for lack of any better term, that I would want to work for and, and give of myself and give of my love and give of the things that I have to offer. And yes, we should love all people, and yes, in fact, I probably like most people and I unlike some. But when it comes down to customers, having met this new batch of potential customers, and seeing how awesome and amazing they each are individually. All very different from one another, but, but not different at all. They, and, and knowing how we take them through the process of what we expect from them before we're even going to interact with them and potentially even talk about business, uh, we really weed out. People just, just don't fit anywhere close to that. And, I think I've been in on what four appointments or so in the past week, week and a half, which usually, you know, it's once every once in a while because we're really selective and we're not looking for that many at any given time. Speaking of, you have another one coming up on Wednesday. Hey. Hmm. Hmm. So there's this whole. So we, yeah, we put people, when people go online, they probably bump into our website, start watching some of our videos. At that point, they'll usually either send an email or give us a phone call. And once that comes in, we screen them again for a fit, make sure that the budget is there so that we're talking about the same scope of a project. And then first, Galena this year is our... Um, Frontline. Yeah, frontline customer service, so she'll do the initial screening, and if they pass the screening with her, meaning that there's somebody that have all the elements that we look for in someone. The budget just being then, like a small piece of that, Then right? she'll pass yeah. it over to me. So yeah, a few of the other things she'll check for, kind of scope of the project, um, what they are verbalizing that they're looking for, and within those two pieces, often right away, there's an opportunity to refer somebody out if they're not quite for us. Yet if they are for us and they haven't been to the website to go through a lot more of our photos, 
videos, philosophy, and that type of thing, they'll be directed to do that, and then I'll have a conversation with them. And if our conversation goes in a way that they're fun on the phone, and it's pretty easy for us to have a conversation about what they're looking for, and then I always kind of just recap the budget and explain why we asked that, which I'm sure Galena already had done on the front side. If that all makes sense then, and I have a good feeling, then I'll set an appointment. If we do all that and I don't have a good feeling, at that point I usually Sit on it a little bit. put a pause in there and um, do a little more, you know, kind of say, well, you know, I'll get back to you with what the next step could be. And then ponder a little bit, you know, what was it that either wasn't quite right, was it something they said, was it a way that I felt, I'm not sure. And then sometimes I'll try it again and just see if, you know, it was an off day or something. And then at that point, it's usually pretty clear um, whether or not you should go on an appointment or if it's somebody that we should refer out. So, And we take that really seriously. We do. That we don't want to just push people away and say no because we don't like them. It's we're looking for a very specific flavor, a very specific type of person and how they live and what they're looking for. And will our wacky, quirky, unique style and business style, will it match with them? And in a lot of cases, we're saving them as much as we're saving us the time yeah. because a lot of people can't operate in the realm of how we operate. And we don't want to operate in a normal way because that doesn't serve us. It doesn't feel good. It's not fun. Most people end up very unhappy when they operate there. And have, circling back then to the last several customers that I've met with, potential customers I've met with, which are all right there. I mean, they're all they're all the perfect customer in terms of they've been through all those questions and that we've got those answers. And each one of them, I've talked about the process of weaning down who it is and they all unanimously agreed that they recognized eventually what the process was. That we had these steps that were very important to us. And if we didn't do them, then we wouldn't know what the customer is like. And instead we did them and one particular customer I said, you know, we think about this funnel and, and all we've done to create this big funnel of people, there's all these people that want us to do work and it only funnels down to a few. And I said directly to the guy, I said, you came right down the middle of the funnel. Because if we were to checkbox list off all the attributes and what we would expect people to do, they were all done before he called us. And, and he even made a comment, he said, he said, I wanted to make sure that I was right for you before I wasted your time or mine. So he went through videos, he went through philosophy, he went through style, he read our stuff, he spent all this time understanding kind of who we are, and the more, and, and, and this, these are his words, the more I got into it, the more excited I became. And the more likely that I was one of those customers. So he was recognizing, and another one had made comment directly about us being very upfront on the website and other about budget and dollars. Just so we know we're playing in the same sandbox because it's not even worth wasting someone's time or getting them too excited about what they could have if then you have to bonk them on the head with what it's going to cost and they were in a different realm. So why even take someone down that road? You know, there's times you take them down that road and then they 
have the budget, but they get scared or whatever, that's one thing. That's on them. But if we take them on that journey of possibility and then bonk them on the head with what it's going to cost to do and they were $100,000 away from that, well, that's just mean, rude, mm -hmm. cruel. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good for anybody. So yeah. why do that? So it's been interesting just having those conversations. And, and the woman yesterday recognized immediately what was going on. And then I said, and yeah, and, and you made it through Sandy so quick or something. And I made the, and she goes, oh, I really liked it. I could tell, you know, she, blah, 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 blah. She was talking about you. And I said, so in other words, you speak Sandy. And she kind of got a kick out of that. Because I don't know how many times at that point she'd already said, I really like Sandy. I really like Sandy. She met you on the phone. She but did. obviously, feelings, emotions, energy, connection, all of that was just sort of working. Right. Uh, Which is funny because... That one, now that I know more of the story, it makes sense. But she had called, and then um, Galena put her through for me. And I tried reaching out to her a couple times, and I couldn't. And then, I don't know, it seemed kind of impossible to get a hold of her just randomly. So then I had asked Galena to pick a couple days and times, which I tried calling and still didn't connect. So I finally left a voicemail that said, you know, give me a call back on my cell phone. So... She called back to the office line and Galena was able to see the note that I had given my cell phone number, so then she called me. And we had a very brief conversation, yet it was really good, so that's why we talked about booking an appointment. And as long as people have been to our website, they know that we don't just hand out appointments. So if we get to the point where we're having a conversation on the phone, kind of in the back of my mind is that old school thinking where um, people who can book appointments too quickly must not be busy enough because I talked to her one day and you were literally going out the next day was or it two days the or next day or maybe I talked to her on Thursday and it was like Saturday morning then that you were going out mm -hmm. so it doesn't take a long time and because people know us they understand that we don't offer an appointment to just anybody. So then well, I learned that she travels extensively and she's probably and, on airplanes a lot when I was trying to get a well, hold when, of her. When, she, when I asked them, so, so get, tell me about you and your lifestyle. They said, we have none, all we do is work. I'm like, all right, tell me, I, all we do is work, we have no lifestyle, we have, you know, and, and it was, I had to pull out of, and draw out of both of them kind of the things they like because reflecting and you trying to call 18,000 times is, Mm -hmm. Very busy, not easily available, mm -hmm. and yet... Yet I, seeking what we have to offer and really looking for that. This just happened to be, and I told her yesterday, I said, you know, this is kind of crazy and weird. I said, I know your subdivision has been here for 17 years. I'd never heard of it, but I've been here in here twice this week. And she goes, you mean there's someone else in this sub that wants something really freaking cool? You know, so it wasn't like, oh, someone else wants a swimming pool. Instead, it was, ooh, so there's someone else that wants something really cool. Because she very much could recognize that we are just like, not, not like anything else. We're, there's just no, no comparison in terms of our life philosophy, our business philosophy, our construction philosophy, the way that we lead our lives and act in our lives. And again, the video proves all of that because they all made mention that they felt like they knew me because they'd been online and seen our stuff and watched the videos. Yeah. And, you know, that those things, they're, they're huge pieces that, that we've just learned to take for granted. 
We have learned to take them for granted in a way, and yet we've also really learned how to communicate better. Because as much as we can talk about this today, getting to this point wasn't simple or easy. Right. It took a lot of thinking about and reflecting on conversations that went well, conversations that didn't go well, and we still occasionally build a pool for someone that, like maybe there's something that we're not quite sure about, but we're willing to go with it. And we're willing to go with it because maybe 75% of the time it was worth going with it and everything just works itself out and maybe it was, you know, somebody unable to visualize kind of what was happening and once they got into it and they were able to let that go, then it was just smooth sailing. So in most of the cases, it just works out beautifully. And then in a few of those cases, it's a little rough. And when I'm talking rough, we're a very special yeah. pool company. If we have one relationship with one customer for the whole year, where like we're not thinking each other is awesome the entire time, like that is catastrophic to us. And when it happens, it really throws us for a loop, but it's not even like anything bad happened. Never. It's like the pool is awesome and we love the pool and we love your team and we're just like, you know, the customer might say like, we're just frustrated about this one little thing. And like that is devastating to us. So, you know, sometimes we let those questions still be there and we go with it thinking it'll work itself out and occasionally we get that devastated, it like feels somebody devastating, was, and yet it's somebody was for most. disappointed in something, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. for one day out of the year, and mm -hmm. we take that really personally. So we really learn from those. And it's sad when, when we can't, um, I guess, maintain some kind of that mind share, I guess is what it is, or if we have like a communication glitch or something like that, you know, that... I know, I, I take, take it very it, we personally. Take, we take it all very personally. We take it very personally. Very personally. And yet, we're the luckiest, most positively happy company, mm -hmm. I think, that exists. And mm -hmm. in talking with some other pool people, you know, like, they're on the phone with those difficult conversations. Managing those daily. Like, all yeah. day, mm -hmm. every day with so many customers mm -hmm. that... When we put it in perspective, like you know, one oh, it's year so, is what we what we take nothing. so personally yeah. is yeah. literally ten minutes of someone's time in another pool company, and yet that's devastating, and it feels and it's never devastating. No, it, it never happens. No. Nothing ever but catastrophic like that happens, but it makes us sad yeah. enough that we take it that personally. So that's why we make people work mm -hmm. so hard to get through this whole thing because we're like creating this relationship paradigm of some type that we try to avoid ever Anything. even mm -hmm. feeling sad mm -hmm. well except well, when we're packing up to leave at the end of the well, well life life is way too short and we keep getting these reminders in life of how short it is and people close to us either getting sick or passing away or all those things that those proverbial things that eventually get knock on your head enough and we're doing it with our eyes wide open but they still affect us but we are making sure that we check every single day that we're still enjoying it, that we're still doing the right thing, that we're taking care of customers, that we're loving on them and loving ourselves equally in the process. And when anything, any glitch at all happens, it just hurts. And 
I wouldn't want it to be any other way. I mean, I wish I could eliminate 100% of those. And 99 times out of 100, it's everything's perfect. It's, it's just those few little things that happen. And I guess without those, we wouldn't recognize how good it is, maybe. I mean, we could use that as we a... Would we would still recognize it because we sort of celebrate that all the time. That is the company cultures. Let's celebrate every little thing that happens. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing, though, then to witness through this new set of groups of people's eyes that see kind of who we are and what we do and kind of get it. You know, I think it probably takes a while for people to really get it. You know, we, we were just at our, I would call, our favorite customers. And we love, we love them all, but there's certain things about certain people that you, you just connect all the way with. And we were at their daughter's graduation over the weekend and the, most of the people from the company showed up there for the graduation party. And, you know, we built that pool quite a few years ago now, and it's just like yesterday because they're still that close and that cool, and I want to have that forever. There's no reason to not do that, to not get into a relationship with the intention of it lasting forever. And yet I do remember very personally how in my early days, and my early days constitute like the first 20 years of doing this, what I would call my early days, is that there were many, many customers that I could, I could just not wait to never talk to again. Would hope that they wouldn't call back. Not because they were bad people, but because maybe I was a bad person at the time, or we, we just didn't get along, and there was just enough rub there that it wasn't worth trying to keep going. And, you know, I would kind of hope that they would, I never told them, but I would kind of hope that they would, like, find another service company after the pool was built or, or whatever. And I think about that and go, you know, that was short-sighted, but that was the customer. That was, again, the relationship that we, were, that we were nurturing and creating. And I had to go through that and want to quit so badly to help me understand that it didn't have to be that way. I don't think I could have just read in a book, oh, I'll do this, 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 and this, and then you'll be perfect. Now, I could have learned from other people's mistakes, and I didn't have a lot of good mentors in the industry, so I could have certainly learned from them, but I still had to go through a lot of that. To look at it now and look back and go, I don't want that ever to happen. I don't want to mourn the loss of a customer because that's what it is. Just like you know, the project is like I, I jokingly say, it's like my baby. I'm leaving a piece of me in the yard. I don't ever want to lose that connection. I don't ever want to lose a relationship with a homeowner so that I can't go back and visit my baby. And it's kind of goofy, kind of quirky, and wackadoodle maybe, but that's kind of how I feel about it. I there's. There's a connection to that work and to that period of time that I was working there that's significant and it matters to me. Yeah. And I think that's why it is so important for us to, and everybody, I keep saying, I, I, we're talking about us in specific because it's what we know, but I do think that everybody in business, and we'll just talk pools, but any industry, but Pools should know better what they want out of a customer and what a customer wants out of them and match those. Well, and go a little farther, even the people that they work with. I know we went to the zoo for their um, the Detroit Zoo fundraiser a couple days ago and I was having a conversation with Nate's mom. And she has, I think, done a lot of different things in her life. I think part of it was in education or maybe she was a principal of a okay, could school, be. it sounded like. I don't know her whole history, but then the other part is managing a restaurant. And she had said, you know, we were talking about what motivates people 
and finding good people and putting together a good team. And she said she used to think if she paid people more money, it would end up in a better team for her. But she learned that wasn't the case. And I had said, yeah, I know that money isn't always the motivator for people. There's other things that make them feel more valued. So she had said as well that she used to be okay with hiring people that maybe weren't the perfect fit because she says she thought, well, I don't have to like them. But then she decided the more experience she got, yeah, I do have to like you and you have to like me. And if we don't have that, we shouldn't work together. So I think it goes for everybody. It goes for the people that we work with, even people in our family that we choose to hang out with. If you don't get along with someone, you should not purposely try to hang out mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And with us and our customers as well, if you have that baseline of we genuinely like each other, then you can navigate most of those things that would come up communication or expectation or anything mm -hmm. else as long as you start with that baseline of we can like you mm -hmm. and you know getting through our funnel is yes we have to talk about the same scope of a project and then it's we have to be able to like you and it's not just that I have to be able to like them you have to be able to like them and our team has to as well and if we can't do that you know say I liked someone and you didn't well, I can still like them, but we shouldn't work with them. Or if you like someone mm -hmm. and I don't, then we, we, still, could, we could we work with we them, could, but we, we, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, uh, an interesting point that happened twice in, in these last several meetings was I sat down with one person first and then the other joined. In both cases, the introduction that I got from the one spouse toward the other spouse and their children said a lot about who our customer is. Because it was like, oh, here's my beautiful, amazing kids and my, you know, my wife, blah, blah, blah. And then the other one was, oh, here's my baby girl and my husband. You know, and it was, it was that all of a sudden it wasn't just like, oh, come on over here so you can look at this crap too. Instead, it was this genuine care that they're introducing. It was like a gift they were giving me. In both cases, they were giving me the rest of their family to meet, to talk to, to hug, to shake hands with. And I thought that was really interesting because when we look at a customer that we would want to service, we would certainly want that. Yeah. Not, you know, get over here, old woman, and take a look at this, you know, crabby, whatever. You know, because that's how people talk, too. I, I can remember, I, I think for so many years, I was more of a marriage counselor than I was a pool seller, selling swimming pools. And, and these relationships that would happen were gruff and rough. And... You would think that they would, in some respect, have that worked out and not work that out in front of someone else that they don't know, but they didn't. And it was kind of that, come here, old lady, and come here, you know, it's just that gruff, ah, let's look at this, what are we going to do? And and yet I'd still sell a pool and we'd still go build it, and, and I think, ugh. Yeah. And today, instead, it's like, here's this gift of my children for you to meet. Come on over here and meet him, and, you know, that kind of thing. It's just a, yeah. it's, it's a, it's tiny, but it's huge. We've come to expect that. Mm -hmm. So if we're in a situation, and I'm remembering one not that long ago, where we were sitting down at the table, and I think one of the kids came in, and maybe it was, oh, these are the pool people or something, and like they left without saying hello. And I reflected on how if that was one of my kids or one of your kids, they would have come over, they would have said hello, and then they, they probably would have, would have bowed out or something. You know, yeah, left or excused themselves or, mm -hmm. you know, okay, nice to meet you, now I'm on my way. 
So that's that yet another say, indicator. That does mm -hmm. say a lot about just kind of how people are and their baseline. And that's something that I definitely appreciate. Well, the longer that we live and the longer that our, longer that our company exists, we've taken off the masks that we wear. You know, you put one mask on to be this way when you're at work, and this mask when you're with your friends, and this mask when you're with your family. And you know, we're always wearing these different masks of who we are, trying to hide certain parts. And because we sort of like left the masks hanging on the wall, and we are just kind of who we are at all times. Now, do we alter behavior sometimes? Sure, we do. We we have to maneuver sometimes. But the less that you do that, the more genuine you become, and the more real you become. And for me, that was doing video work. Like I was like I was telling this woman yesterday, I told the story about how you had said, just do what I tell you for a year, and I said it happened to be video work. And as uncomfortable as that was, what I, I do realize is you had me saying and honing my story and honing how I talk to people by repeating the story many different ways because it resonates with people differently. And what that's helped me realize is just to be myself, to be uniquely me, and if someone doesn't like it, it's okay. Uh, and I, I'm not for everyone. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I recognize that. I know that. I admit that. But the ones that I do resonate with, we know there's a good chance because we've done all of that. We know they're authentically living their lives. I mean, they're not living their lives the same way we're living our lives necessarily, but they have a lot of the same views. Maybe they haven't been able to arrive at this, and, and that was these people yesterday. She made several comments about how I would just like to slow down and enjoy my life. And they're busy, 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 busy. And I'm one step in that direction to help show that path for them. Because that's kind of how we live. Yes, we get anxious when there's certain things and when you're behind in scheduling. But in general, we let very little get to us. We don't I don't walk around here at like a ball of stress every day about every little thing, and you don't. We have our moments where there's a lot of pressure and a lot of people, you know, we, we have a lot of people to, to account, be accountable to and take care of and all of that, and that adds some undue, but we don't let that just wreck us where we're distraught every day and all the time. And yeah. So it would be, I, so in the past, sorry, let me just finish this. In the past where I was, it seemed like I felt like I was a marriage counselor. Instead, now I'm sort of a guide. In my own little way, I'm going to guide people to a, a better, gentler life. Because that's the intent of this space, is creating this oasis where they can relax and enjoy and maybe find some of that peace that they deserve in their lives. Well, I was thinking, too, several years ago when we were starting the video adventure and we had been working with a customer that was a little troubling because design maybe differences were happening and we had made kind of a tongue-in-cheek list of you know what you have to be willing to do for the pool guy to come and create art in your yard and it went from just let him do what he's doing to don't worry if you never see a tape measure um, to a few other kind of very um, funny art related things and I'm reminded now because we've started watching and listening to Jordan Peterson. He is a newer um, phenomenon. If you haven't looked him up yet, I would highly recommend it. He's got really kind of straight shooting, down to earth, um, 
I wouldn't call it as advice as much it is as it is stories about why we do some of the things we do, and by just listening to his stories, you're able to glean different things from it. So he gives relationship advice, and he says, if you need something from someone, say that somebody is playing video games and the other person that they're in a relationship with gets home, whether it's your significant other or if it's your children, the person who's getting home, then if that other person is just playing video games, might get so upset and so angry that they're playing video games and they're not even noticing them that they get kind of resentful and then they get angry and snap at each other and things like that. So Jordan Peterson's advice is tell someone what you need. The person who's getting home, if they merely told the other person, you know, when I come in the door, if you could just turn your video game off for two minutes, come say hi, ask me how my day was, acknowledge me, then they could go back to playing their video game and there would be no issue. So in letting people know how you would prefer to be treated, you establish a stronger baseline for that relationship. And that's really what all of these videos have been able to do. And sharing our philosophy is if you want to interact with us, this is really the way that we need to be interacted with. And then when we're meeting with someone, we find out what those things are too. And if there's certain things that seem very important to someone, you know, you had said um, something about, you know, let me come in and do my thing and we've learned how to really do that. Yet, when someone is interacting with us in a way that we like and appreciate, we'll do that in return. So some of the things, if someone has a peculiar, peculiarity, <laughs> say that 10 times fast, they, if they let us know what that is, like we're more than happy to reciprocate by honoring whatever that quirky thing is because that's what happens in healthy healthy interactions and healthy um, client business relationships. And a customer and contractor relationship can and should be a healthy relationship. Yes. And yet we've all heard the way too many stories of the way too many horror stories of my contractor this and my contractor that and it doesn't have to be that way and it shouldn't be that way the premise it should never be that way and yet way too often it is that way in unhealthy relationship well there's some great contractors and there's some not great contractors and then there are some great customers and some not and there are people who don't know how to be great customers and hopefully at some point they'll learn. Yet if you're the person to point that out, it doesn't go so well. Well, <laughs> so I, I, I think know. I think you by saying that you had kind of four quadrants: great contractor, not so good contractor; great customer, not so great customer. You match the great customer, the great contractor, and that's the relationship that, that we have and we magic. seek. Magic. Let's look yes. at all three of the other relationships. Yeah. Bad customer, bad contractor. Absolute disaster going to happen there. But how about this? Great contractor, bad customer. Still a bad situation. How about well. this? Great customer, bad contractor. Not going to go well. So 75% of the time, if we haven't sought out the best customer and they haven't sought out the best company, by virtue, there's going to be something wrong. And that, that's kind of how the math works. Maybe we just sort of stumbled on exactly why so many contractor-customer relationships go poorly. True. You know, and it's and it's really matching up a good customer with a good contractor, which is exactly what all of the video work does for us. 
and then all the questions and all of that before I get to meet with them, that lines us up so that it's, it's the good and the good. But any one of those other situations, which is what I think most of the time happens, because I don't hear, we have a heartbeat in the industry, in our industry, we don't hear many really good stories. I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of, they're not, they're not all terrible. You hear a few of those crazy stories that it took two years to build a swimming pool and there's all that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the unhappiness between customers, and that just happens way too often. And, but there's the formula right there, and there's why. Yeah. And that's why for us today, we get upset when one little tiny thing happens because we're already being a good contractor, they're already being a good homeowner, and then something happens in there. And that's why we take it so personally, I think. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. Let's wrap on that. I think that's a good segue. We'll start on something else. Yeah. As we wrap this up, though, I'm just reflecting on, we watched a video yesterday that somebody working with us had put together a couple of years ago, and it ended up kind of buried in a file, and I just came across it. And it was a compilation of some of our favorite customers saying some of their favorite things about us in the process and working with us. And it was reminding us that there are some people that just stand out in our relationships that we've been able to work with that are just exceptional. So that has been awesome and then we did go to that grad party with some super amazing customers you know to the point where just a little I don't know hint or, or tip for someone working with anybody and wanting to accomplish anything so this family and these people are so cool that any one of us on our team would drop whatever we're doing to go help them we just would because they're so awesome and perhaps one of the things that makes us all feel that way is because when they ask for something, they don't ask with expectation or demand. Instead, it's, we know that you guys are busy. We'd really love it if you could help us, whatever this is, you know, upgrade this or change this or something's not working. And they're always genuinely appreciative when we come out to work on it for them. And because they're so cool and they're, they're like that, then we just want to immediately get it taken care of. And of course we would do that. Of course we would do it because we know that you would never demand it and expect it out of us. And yet if a customer comes across with a demanding expectation or language that kind of makes someone feel bad, you know, if we get a call or a text message and it's some kind of a rant about how we're so bad that we, you know, let them down in this way, like, then you really don't want to just jump out and go fix it because you, you know, you feel bad and you don't want to. So every time they ask just because they're exceptional like that, we're happy, happy to help. So when you, who may be listening or watching, have the opportunity to ask a business, a contractor, somebody for help, if you do it in a way that is genuine and pleasing and open, helpful and open. That's great. If you come across as demanding and never satisfied, then it's really hard for somebody to want to help you. Not only that, also if you come across as if it's expected because you're the customer. We've 
we've bought into this whole. Well, we market. haven't. But no, we, we we as society have bought into this like, whole idea yes. that the customer is always right, and the contractor should always do everything to make the customer happy the way they want it. And I just don't agree with that because it doesn't match, and it does take. It, it it takes a customer to understand that a contractor doesn't have to work for them. And when you come to the relationship, and this is why I brought it up, if you come looking for a contractor and you're you're expecting that they're going to want your business because that's how it is, they're, they, they're supposed to take it, it's, it's unfair to the contractor and you're being unfair and un unrealistic to yourself as a homeowner that we don't have to work for anybody. We don't have to say yes. And I think that's what's surprising, so surprising to so many that we say no so often because no one else ever tells them no. And we tell them no because we just don't want to be in that situation. We just don't want that. And I think that's a, a surprise to most people. But a good customer and good contractor makes an, an amazing relationship. Anything less than that is not. Might be worth it, but is it? I would, I would argue in our situation it wouldn't be worth it. Nothing but being a good contractor and having a good client, anything less than that, it wouldn't be worth doing for any amount of money. So there you go. With that, it's a wrap. We'll see you next time.